Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We observe today not a victory of party, but a celebration of freedom. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. The human zoo, where they don't hide away the sick animals. Dangerous mid-morning debate with the great dictator. The independent republic of Mike Graham. Stand to attention when I'm talking to you! On Talk Radio. Dismiss! Good morning and welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk Radio. So there you have it. Emmanuel Macron got to dance in the rain. Vladimir Putin got to shelter under an umbrella. And the French finally got a proper summer riot under their belts. The World Cup may be over, but there are plenty of ramifications for the rest of us. Daisy McAndrew is here uh, to help us navigate through them all. President Donald Trump finally departed these shores after a series of demos, faux pas, uh, diplomatic incidents and one particularly weird press conference. Now he's in Helsinki to meet his Russian counterpart while declaring relations are at an all-time low. What could possibly go wrong? 0344 499 Meanwhile, back at Brexit Central, things could not be worse. Theresa May is under growing pressure to come up with a decent plan after the Chequers Brino package was kicked to death over the weekend. Now the calls for a second referendum of gaining traction. What can she do to stop the clattering train from running her over? 0344 499 Later on, we'll tell you all you need to know about the horsefly epidemic and why aubergines are banned in Cheltenham. You're listening to me, Mike Graham, and Daisy McAndrew on Talk Radio. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Well, it feels a bit like the end of the world, Daisy, doesn't it? You know, <laughs> Vladimir Putin meeting with Donald Trump at the top of the earth somewhere near Helsinki. Um, you know, the World Cup's finished. Wimbledon's over. Horseflies are taking over. There's no aubergines in Cheltenham. I mean, no, You're well, a bundle of joy Where are we going to begin this morning? Well, do you know what I mean? It doesn't feel good somehow. Well, the weather is still good. The so weather is still some, good. Something to cling on to. Of course, it, there, there are... They, there are ramifications of the weather, i.e. the horse flies. Well, the horse flies and the droughts and all that. Which we will come on to later. My garden is literally be... turned into a dust bowl. Yes, we, we should be making hay while the sun shines, yeah. as I'm sure the farmers are. But, you know, Trump-Putin, or Trump-Putin, which is now one, one word. Yeah, uh, well, being, Putin, being, as I now yeah. pronounce his name, Putin. Trump-Putin. Putin. Um, is going to be fascinating, although what we're going to find out, because obviously they are both, what they are both incredibly good at, um, is putting their own image yes. ahead of everybody else's. And well, my favourite image, and I mentioned it there in the opener, was, was at the World Cup yesterday, as the heavens opened <laughs> when the French won. <laughs> Um, and suddenly there's only one man standing un- under an umbrella, and it's Vladimir Putin. Yes. Everybody else, the Croatian president, Emmanuel Macron and his wife, yep. all the players, the managers, soaked. everyone soaked, and including, by the way, the guys behind Putin holding the umbrella who weren't allowed their own umbrella. Apparently they eventually got umbrellas, but, <laughs> but only once their suits had been completely, no, completely ruined. Yeah, completely ruined. <laughs> incredible. And that, I mean, you can imagine Trump actually doing exactly the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, having, having only one umbrella just for him. And what will this space port to do and where will we be able to go um well we won't be able to go anywhere because <laughs> unfortunately, ah, because so the train companies in... are running it then <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
not for space tourism. Ah. It's actually to launch small satellites, something actually which the UK has a really good track record for making. In fact, the first CubeSat, which is a satellite not much bigger than a, a sort of one of those giant bottles of Coke you can right. get from a supermarket. Mm. Um, so we're not talking about satellites the size of a double-decker bus, which you had with Envisat um, about 10 years ago, which is an environmental satellite. We're talking about something that you could fit in your shopping basket. And the first ever CubeSat was actually built in Scotland by a company called Clyde Space. So these space sports are looking to sort of build on a market that's already there and is increasing, mm. which is small satellites that will do all sorts of things. They might do um, scientific experiments, Earth observation. Um, you could actually launch small telecom satellites. So therefore, a, a, a commercial market that is on the up. And because these are very small satellites, at the moment, the only way you can, if you built your satellite uh, in the UK, say, and we have lots of companies like, sorry, Satellite Technology Limited who do this sort of thing, the only way you can get them up in the air, or up in orbit, should we say, is by going on existing, basically hitching a ride on existing rocket launches, which means either going to Kazakhstan and mm. going on a, a Soyuz rocket there, say, hitching a ride, or the European spaceport, which, despite being called European spaceport, is not actually in... Well, it, it sort of is in Europe, but it's in, it's in a sort of French part of South America, French Guiana. So the European spaceport is thousands right. and thousands of miles I away. Thought, I thought we also launched... A different Did we not also uh, launch satellites from Africa quite a bit? With the European um, space yes, there are nation, yeah, there are nations um, like Nigeria that have a, a, a space program. Um, but we're talking about something which is, you know, launching potentially homegrown satellites from UK soil. So it will be a lot cheaper um, and hopefully faster as well, because when you're dependent on a hitch hitching a, a, rocket, a rocket ride, then you're totally dependent on when that big satellite that the main satellite payload is actually going to, to launch. So that any UK spaceport will probably use smaller launch vehicles um, and hopefully on a, a much more regular basis. Sue, so I remember some years ago being um, shown around um, in Marsat, in you know, Elephant and Castle, wherever it was, you know, and yeah. being told, and, and really I found it extraordinary, very exciting and extraordinary, but being told that that we are very good at this stuff and we are very good at satellites as a, as a sort of as a nation and then as an industry, but that they certainly felt that the government had not supported them enough with enough sort of backing and that we were, rather like you were saying, we were constantly having to, to sort of beg, borrow and steal other people's, you know, um, influence or whether it's the European Space Agency or, or the States or wherever. And do you think this is a sign that the government's now taking the industry more seriously? Oh, absolutely. And, and you've also got to remember that the UK Space Agency itself is, is not very old. You know, it was only um, came into existence within the last decade. So you've got, because what they're effectively doing is not just giving millions of pounds towards supporting and investing in um, these sites and potential launch sites, but also in the technology as well that's going. Because in fact, part of the announcement is also um, about £5 million going to a British company called Orbex, 
who are, are going to sort of work on developing new technology and new rocket to launch um, from the Scotland site in, 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 in Sutherland. So what, what they're doing is putting... Um, you know, I think the combined amount of money that, that the grants that the UK Space Agency does is, is almost £25 million. Um, so this is, yes, this is investment on a big scale to encourage this industry. And, and the government have known for a while now that space, A, is something that we're good at. I mean, let's face it, most anybody who works within the space industry or journalists who work know this already. It was one of the few industries that survived the recession. Mm. Um, you know, we, we are good at it, and we've been good at this for a long time as well. You know, we make scientific instruments that are amongst the best in the world. You know, they fly on NASA missions, ESA missions. They, they're, they're, you know, this is something we do, and we do well. So, uh, you know, it makes sense for the government to invest in, in this. Absolutely. So it's so interesting, isn't it? Because, uh, you know, we're always being told, particularly when you look at business, you know, that, that tech is, is the future. That's where all the clever money is. And whether it's, you know, whatever tech it is, whether it's AI, whether it's robotics or whether it's, you know, fintech, whatever it is. But nobody ever seems to take a step back and say, well, all this tech needs, sat- you know, nearly all of it has some sort of satellite input, whether it's, you know, your sort of mm. it's your TomTom on your phone or whatever it might be. And that that's the sort of backbone. But it never seems to get as much attention as, as the other other sort of tech industries well that's going to change now isn't it mm. i think um, and particularly i mean what's exciting as well is that um this um the grant is not apart from the grant that's going to to scotland i mean they call it vertical launch what they basically mean is a rocket going upwards but they're also inter- interested in what they in the in the trade is known as a horizontal launch but basically it means instead of a, a rocket launch pad that you traditionally see it would be horizontal as in effectively an air launch, a, a plane. So you just need a runway for that. You don't need a launch pad. You need a runway where you go, you take off like a traditional plane, and then you've got um, you know, your, your sort of smaller rocket underneath it that when you get to a specific height, you then air launch into orbit for the, for the next stage. So there are several types of different technologies here, and provided they all fulfil... Um, the criteria, so two million in development fund is actually from the UK Space Agency going yeah. for those types of horizontal spaceport sort of air launch ones. And Cornwall want you know bid for this um, one in Wales in Snowdon. They they wanted this type of, of thing as well. So we've got a, a nice all these places variety. that want independence want to have some form of British uh, aerospace yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, scenario going. Yeah. Let's talk to Sean, uh, who's in Gospel. Hi, Sean. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Daisy. Good morning. morning. What do you want to say? Yeah, it's been an interesting morning with um, Dustin Green and coming out for yeah. a second referendum. Apparently, apparently um, she's I... called it a fudge. <laughs> who, uh, who knew? Yeah, well, let, let's face it. Um, Theresa May's Brexit offering is is a fudge. Mm. Um, and I tend to agree with what you guys are saying. I, I think a lot of people will have already made their minds up. Um, what I was saying to a few people I know this morning is that if these Remain MPs are so keen for another vote. Um, I'd, I'd be quite keen for them to sign any legally binding contract to say that if Remain lost, they've resigned their seats. Yes, um, yes. Do you think they would I then all sort see... of back away from the suggestion? Yeah, because effectively they'd be putting their careers and their £70,000 salary on the line, and yeah. I just don't think they've got the courage to do it. Um, no. One of your other previous callers as well made the point about Article 50 being triggered. Um, I don't think this 
has possibly been done correctly. And um, there's been a case in the UK court recently, um, which has been rebuffed by judicial review, um, which may actually go to repeal. Um, so I'm not sure it's been triggered correctly. It's been like driven by people like AC Grayling, so they're trying to basically appeal it and say that they can actually revoke Article 50 in the long run, which is what would have to happen if we're going to stay in the European Union. And not a lot of people know this because it's kind of happening in the background. Um, and we've also got cases taking place in Europe as well. So it, it's far from over. Oh, it is far from over. As somebody else mentioned earlier, um, I think it was uh, the Deputy Police Editor at The Sun, Steve Hawkes, who said that basically it's kind of now handing it all to the Europeans to, to see where it goes. Because um, if they basically say that this new plan of hers is unacceptable, I think she's stuffed. I think she has to resign. I agree with you. I think if the EU turns around and says that they, they don't agree with this deal, then, um, yeah, Theresa May will have to go, um, which would probably do us all a favour, to be honest with you, because it's like watching a zombie handle Brexit, basically. She's not committed to, like, the ideology of it. No. She's, she's committed to staying in the EU, and obviously the EU knows this, so they're just going to keep batting back with confess- the, the concessions, and, and we're just not going to get anywhere. So, and for me... This whole idea of having enough a referendum, OK, fine, as long as it's deal or no deal. Also, there's nothing to stop the EU from sort of going along with it for a while and then at some point, perhaps in October or November, turning around and saying, sorry, you know, this is unacceptable, you're going to have to go away and try again. Yeah, that's possible as well. I mean, the one thing I did agree with Justin Greening about was the parliamentary arithmetic. Um, they don't support no deal in Parliament. I've spoken to quite a few people in political circles and there's no support in Parliament and I keep saying this to people who are going out and voting. If, if you're voting the brands in, you're voting Labour Conservative, okay, fine, but if obviously you're committed to Brexit, you've got to make sure the person you're voting for is actually going to vote for Brexit because at the moment they're all doing the same thing. They're all saying, oh, we're going to support the deal when they're all one by one forwarded into line and that's yeah. what the problem is. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right, Sean. Thanks very much indeed uh, for your call. 03444991000 is the number. Scott says, the sooner May is ousted, the better. She never wanted Brexit. And her white paper means we will still be jumping through hoops for the waste of space EU. Uh, And one from James, who says, better if Greening got behind the referendum result and started supporting the democratic will of the people. Her ridiculous suggestion of a second referendum is simply a ruse to try and split the vote with three options, thus ensuring we don't leave. We're not stupid greening, uh, says James. <laughs> well, I'm sure she doesn't. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves. Feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. 
They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I think that. We've just got another quick call to take. Andy's in Cheshire. Hi, Andy. Hi there. How are you doing? Yeah, very well. What do you want to say? I just think Justin Greening's proposal for this second referendum is crazy. I think Um, so. It's the politician's that are at stalemates, not the people. Right. Now, we told the politicians that we want to leave. If they can't fulfil that mandate, it's new politicians that we need, not another referendum. Mm. Well, mean, we, cer- we, we certainly don't need a ref- another referendum that's got the, 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 the possibility of staying in the EU in it, because we've already had that one. Well, if they can't deal with one mandate, there's a chance they're not going to deal, deal with another. So yeah. I think the onus is, is on the politicians to actually do the job that we put them in power to do. Yes. And, I mean, people like yourself, Andy, I assume, will be pretty soon running out of uh, running out of patience and, and you might oh. maybe start putting pressure on your own MP to oh, say, don't you know, worry, I've done that sort already. this out. <laughs> you know, but um, <laughs> they have to fulfil the mandate. It's them that's at fault, not the people. Yeah. You know, we can't just keep having referendums that they, they may happen to agree with. Right. And if we if they can't do it, they need to go. Right. We need new ones. But the, tr- the trouble is, uh, where, where are those new ones going to come from? Because, I mean, the reason, I think we, it's clear that the reason Theresa May is still there isn't because she's doing a good job. It's because actually nobody else wants to do the job. Although they all say they would like to lead, they're not lining up to take over from her because they kind of see it as a poison chalice and that she might as well take all the flack rather than them taking it because they can't get any sort of general agreement within the Conservative Party so therefore it's impossible to lead the Conservative Party. Well ultimately this exposes our Parliament and, and, its, and its ways of doing things and we need to maybe you know <laughs> reconstitute how, we, how we're governed I mean first past the post is a nightmare anyway um, you know if they'd, if, if they'd been um, a, pro- a proper accounting of the votes you know, the last um, couple of elections. I mean, UKIP would have had 80 seats, and that didn't happen. So, you well, know, no, we did, no, it's not a question of a proper either. accounting of the votes, Andy. It's not the system that we have. If we had proportional representation, we would have a very different history. We'd have a very different series of governments over the last several decades. But, but, but look you know, at, it doesn't necessarily mean that it would be any better. I mean, you've got proportional representation in Scotland, right? And what happens is you get a load of MPs elected or MSPs elected who you didn't actually vote for. You know, the party chooses them and they have a list which they put their own people at the top of and you don't get to choose who gets in. All you well, get to is, choose is which party gets what representation, which to me is not re- proper representation. The people who voted leave, many of them put their faith in the Tory government at the last election uh-huh. because the Tories were saying, we will see a proper Brexit through. Yeah. And there has now been a clear betrayal of that trust. I agree. But that's not so, the fault of the electoral system. That's the fault of the individuals concerned. Well, as I said originally, you know, if they're not prepared to fulfil the biggest electoral mandate in British history, and it appears they're not, we need to get rid of them. One way or another, they are not serving the interests of this country. Well, I don't think Theresa May is going to be around for that much longer, so you may well get your wish, Andy. Uh, great call, though. Thank you. 0344 499 uh, is the number. We've got lots more to do. Uh, we'll take more of your calls. Uh, we've got also Vladimir Putin and Donald Trump meeting. At the moment so far, the only detail I can give you is that they're both having duel of the beasts because apparently Putin has brought his big car uh, to go <laughs> up against Donald Trump's big car because his big car is bigger than Donald Trump's big car. I'd Did say, you know yeah, that? There's, there's a bit of show, so there's already showing a bit of uh, sort of car envy going on uh, <laughs> 
from the uh, from the White House people. So I presume they'll start firing. It'll be like one of those scenes from uh, Iron Man. They'll start firing, you know, missiles into the into the yeah. hills. Who's got the bigger one? Up. Who's got the biggest missile? We shall see. Anyway, Mark Bukowski is here because, of course, uh, one of the biggest problems that you have when you are Meghan Markle is not just the Daily Mail telling you wearing the wrong size dress uh, or appearing in uh, sort of huge lineups with the Middletons and babies all over the Daily Mail, but you get your dad. Every weekend now, uh, getting sort of uh, interviewed by TMZ or somebody. Uh, this weekend, he said he's going to come and visit her uh, after saying that he thinks she looks scared and she's been put under too much pressure. I mean, somebody's going to PR this, surely. Mark, very good uh, morning to you. Morning, Mike. Now, um, yeah, yeah, it is surprising, I must admit, that um, I'm slightly baffled by why the the Royal press department have not taken this man out not no. in a not in not in a Sicilian <laughs> way no. not in I mean you want to be in Helsinki way, but... for that sort of talk don't you <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no I'm just saying that you know I, I think that the problem started where they didn't consider him as the sort of X factor of negativity before the wedding right I think that some um, smarter minds might have bundled him over in the plane and, and kept him in a safe house and um, gave him the sort of rules of engagement. And um, from the moment he was exploited by that very able news agency in California yeah. and thrown some money, um, you remember those pictures in training and you know looking at the computer over, over his shoulder, you know, googling Megan. It, it was a you know he, he's he's obviously not very savvy. Uh, needs the money. And when you need money and a freelance agency comes knocking on your door, you, you grab it. And um, until they tackle him um, up front, there are going to be thousands of these stories percolating. Yeah, exactly right. And I mean, the problem is, is that they've now, I think two of the people who are being held responsible for, for messing it up at the palace are leaving, aren't they? Um, I mean, my understanding is, and you may have heard differently, that, that Prince Harry likes to think of himself as a bit of a dab hand with the press because he takes after his mother and he feels that, you know, he's got the expertise and knows how to deal with it all. And I think that's where part of the problem lies because he won't let anybody else kind of muscle in, if you like. I'm not sure that's true. Um, I think there are some very able people... Um, around sort of Harry and William. They have a cynical view of the media um, and, you know, that is borne out by the way that their mother was treated, although she was slightly complicit into her own briefings with her selected journalists. Um, I'm not sure whether the people who are leaving the palace necessarily are, you know, are leaving because of this. This is where the innuendo starts. Um, I think that, um, you know, clearly there has been a more open relationship with the media. Um, and Harry has sort of done some great interviews, you know, talking about issues that real people relate to, you know, mental well-being, etc. Um, and it was a coup, um, the royal wedding. I mean, despite the sort of dad factor. Um, but I think there's going... To, I. I I, I did a few interviews pre the wedding to sort of say that a Hollywood star coming into the royal family um, is not akin to is is very is very similar to what happened when Diana came into the royal family. I I think that there is going to be a disruptive nature. I think she probably knows what's what, and there's various people who have advised her in the past who have been more Hollywood and entertainment focused and think that you can actually control the media well, well you can't because you know these are big stories worth money 
not as much money as they were in Diana's time, but even so, uh, they're worth money. And uh, clearly, you know, the, the, the Royal Press Department is going through its ups and downs now because of this, because you can't succeed all the time. And hence why I think that there is something more proactive you could do with this man um, in some way to cut him out. But they assume they are riding with the, with the, with the shots at the moment to say how much more can he deliver. Mark, don't... My, my, don't, yeah, sorry. Don't you think it's a bit extraordinary? I completely agree that, you know, that she she has been dealing with the media for a long time and probably feels that she sort of knows what she's doing um, in some ways. And he's quoted her, her father's quoted as saying, you know, that she does like to be uh, in charge and she likes to be in control. Well, if she is so savvy and if she does like to be in charge, why on earth hasn't she spoken to him for more than two months? Because that seems such an own goal. Well, I think you're paralysed by process now. I mean, Hollywood, um, the Hollywood PR machine is one all controlling. And it's fine when you have the collateral and you're dealing with junkets and opportunities where you don't have to speak to the press and you're actually waiting for the press to accept what you offer them. You know, meaningful um, input to articles, we might call it copy approval, um, is de rigueur in, 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 in America. Um, and I think where American press agents come unstuck is that they, they don't, they struggle slightly when things start going into, into a tailspin. And uh, I think they're slightly paralyzed by this process I mentioned earlier that, you know, you, you're caught, you know, between the devil and the deep blue sea if you move towards him, you know. What are the implications? What are said? What are his relationships? How many of freelance agencies are crawling over him in America? He's obviously getting money, you know, not a significant amount of money, but the man was living in, in downtown sort of border, border America and Mexico. So, you know, his overheads probably aren't huge. Um, well, that's the I thing. You get the sense she's that... Coming to terms. She's coming to terms what it is to be a princess and what it is to be controlled by the royal media machine. And that's the thing. I mean, if he if she does talk to him, there's no guarantee that he won't. Then that will be next week's story. You know, I got a call from my daughter, and this is what she said. Yes, of course. But I mean, well, according to you know this latest interview, he's saying that the phone number that he's always phoned her on isn't even working anymore, and he right. hasn't spoken to her for two months. And right. it just seems to me that that that's stupid. If you're trying to bring this man on side, yeah. Who but maybe maybe dad? maybe that's the truth of it. That that's not. Maybe they don't want to bring him on side. Maybe she doesn't really you know get on with him well enough to do that. I, th I think that's probably true. They're probably going to see, you know, if people get bored with him, um, you know, if, if how much more has he got to offer? How many other stories about being abandoned by your daughter? Um, maybe they have tried to reach out to him. Maybe he has resisted. Mm. I mean, we, we, we never know quite what the truth of these dealings um, are. So I, I think that it's great for the press. It's well, great it is. for it's, I said who else it's great for. It's great for the Middletons, who now look like the most sort of stable and uh, long-running uh, royal family in history. Yeah, but they're British and they know the system. <laughs> you know, they're Middle England through and through. Um, this is... They're dealing now with the, with the Hollywood scalp hunters who are a vicious, ravenous, all-consuming animal... And uh, once they've got a hook into you, it's poison. So we had a message, I think, last week, did we not, from uh, some organisation which said, please empty your paddling pools out, uh, yes. because if you leave water in them, they will be breeding grounds for um, 
uh, horse flies. Particularly in the, in the dry weather. And apparently the epidemic of horse flies has come because we had a relatively soggy spring uh-huh. followed by a very dry okay. summer. And apparently that's Because it is incredibly dry. I mean, I was out walking the dog the other day, and, in fact, yesterday, and I sort of waited until about six o'clock. It was way too hot yeah. to go any any time before that, you know, and it also happened to coincide with the end of the World Cup, which was quite handy. <laughs> uh, and he kept staring at me, just looking at me, you know. It's like, no, I'm going to wait till yes, the weather's cooler. Please, You'll can you right. take me now? But the fields, you know, the grass is really high and, and everything's really dusty. Yeah. And it's like sort of Oklahoma in the 1920s, you know. Well, I was at um, a sort of festival down the road from... Uh, my mum's yeah. uh, in Oxfordshire. And I mean, obviously the weather was amazing. It was so sunny and so hot. But as you were saying, the dust that was everywhere just because of mm. uh, the, the sort of dryness and yeah. everything. You kept watching people having cigarettes thinking, you know, like when you were abroad, thinking, please put that out properly. Yeah, otherwise absolutely. Gonna, yeah, because there would be massive brush fires everywhere. Well, let's talk to Brian uh, uh, Eversham, who's the CEO of Wildlife Trust, uh, because he can tell us precisely why uh, we, we're having this heat wave, what the, what's happening with all the wildlife and why we seem to be getting straight insects as well. Brian, a very good afternoon to you. Welcome. Good afternoon to you too. Now, I don't know whether I sound completely bonkers and mad saying that uh, there's this kind of epidemic of horse flies. They do seem to be nastier this year than they have been in the past. I think two or three things are going on. I, I spent a weekend in the New Forest recently mm. and in the really wet bits of the forest so there are no more horse flies than normal. Right. So I think two or three things are happening. One is uh, a lot of the wet areas are drying up so horse flies are flying further. Uh-huh. Because there's not been any rain, they're probably living longer. Right. So they're actually feeding more. And I think the other thing is, you said it already, lots of people are out of doors because of the glorious weather. And I suspect they're not wearing many clothes either. No, right. Which makes it uh, a marvellous feeding time for horseflies. So do the horseflies like wetter conditions than drier or what? Well, their immature stages, their young stages, are actually in wet places. So right. uh, as ponds and bogs dry up... Uh, that's less good for them. Now, you're right in saying it was a fairly wet spring, but by now I think we've got beyond that and Mm. all sorts of places are drying up in ways they've not done for many years. So, Brian, you said they were living longer. How long do they normally live for? Usually probably only for a couple of weeks, Uh, whereas in hot, dry weather um, they may live um, three, four, five weeks. But one of the other things that's happening this year is we're seeing more dragonflies than usual, and dragonflies feed on flying insects. Ah, and with dragonflies, they certainly live longer if they don't get rained on. Cold, wet weather is really bad for most flying insects. So if it's hot, dry and sunny, oh, it's best year for ages for some of our butterflies. Uh, marbled whites, purple emperors are doing really well this year, which I think is good news. Yeah, yes. I've, I've seen a lot more butterflies. Don't mind butterflies, they don't bite. No, and exactly. presumably dragonflies don't bite. Either. No. They're, they're, they're well, a they're, nice... They're big, though. Yeah, they're, they're big, they're colourful, they're attractive, they fly amazingly, they feed on flying insects when they're adults, and they feed on things like mosquito larvae when they're actually immature themselves living in our ponds. Well, right. that, that's a very good purpose. Now, is there any, yeah, so, is there any truth to the, the, the I'm going to say myth, because it may be a myth, that, that the bites are worse this year than last year in terms of a lot of people that, that I know who didn't get bitten last year are getting bitten this year and they're finding themselves getting sort of infected from the bites as well. I, I doubt very much if the bites are actually any worse. I think it's probably that more people are being bitten. And so if there are more bites, then a few of those might turn quite nasty. I mean, I spend a lot of my time out in the countryside. I get bitten three or four times every year by horse flies. Yeah. And to be honest, it doesn't bother me very much. I normally put a little dab of antiseptic on as soon as I, I get back home, and that sort of sort it, sort it out. Yeah, but some people are more susceptible. I mean, for example, the mother of my children gets bitten by horse flies a lot. You know, like literally goes out to put some washing out, and she's already got about yeah, three I, bites. I got bitten yeah. right through. I was in sort of like exercise gear, you know, mm. like with trousers, and they bit right yeah. to my And her leg, the I mean, and her legs and her arms really swell up if she gets bitten. I think some people are more right. susceptible to that, you know. 
Yeah, that, that sounds more like an allergy. And it's right that some people almost seem to attract them. And same with mosquitoes. I mean, I've got one or two friends. They're great to go for long walks with because they attract the mosquitoes and keep them away from the rest of us. <laughs> yeah, I've always been lucky. For, for I don't know why, but they don't like to bite me at all. I'm, I, you know, I don't get bit no, by anything. I did, really. damn it, I did read something the other day about how certain people are more, something about their... You know, testosterone or yeah. you know, giving off some. Oh, I'm sort sure of... it's true. I'm sure there are there are some. I mean, there are definitely some people who get bitten more than others. What about? I mean, will you tell me about flying ants? Because I came home yesterday. Um, I'd been out to, to another part of the, of the world, Surrey, actually, to be fair, wasn't that far away. Um, and came back, and there was a lot of ants crawling across my garden path, and then up a sort of wooden post. And as they were getting halfway up the wooden post, they were kind of transmogrifying into flying ants with, with wings, it seemed to me. And then um, when I went back inside and came back out to show somebody else, they'd gone. They'd all gone. Yeah, it's that time of year. It uh, hit Twitter two days ago. People were saying all the flying ants are coming out. Right. Basically, the colonies produce flying males and females, queens and um, drones, mm. about this time every year. Right. And in any one area, they all try to synchronise it. They'll all do it on the same day so that the queens from one nest can find a mate, a male from a different nest in the same vicinity. So, ah, so when we talk time. about flying ant day, it's not a day where the whole country gets the flying ants. It's just that day for that area, and it could be a different day in a different area. Yeah, and it's a different day for different sorts of ants. So we've got, what, 50 sorts of ants in Britain. and So it can be flying ant day for 50 days. Blimey. <laughs> well, potentially. Most of them aren't very common, so you won't see a lot of yeah. them. And it's mainly the black garden ant that people really notice. Yeah. And that's out in force at the moment. And some colonies can produce several thousand flying ants. What you will notice, actually, is birds like Swiss and Swallows will notice them and fly into the clouds of flying ants and actually eat most of them. So the majority them, yeah. probably get... So what's the, I mean, what's the point, though, of flying ants, if you don't mind me? I mean, ants, we all know, are very clever creatures and they can build incredibly complex kind of living spaces, right? But what do the flying yep. ones do? Two things. One is it's a chance for queens from one nest to find a mate who's not too closely related to them. So if all the nests in the same area are chucking out their um, breeding individuals at ah. the same time, then the queens get a mate from elsewhere so they're not in breeding. Okay. Second thing is once they've flown up a long distance and mated, usually mating on the wing, when they come down, it's essentially a rain of mated ants ready to form new colonies. And that way, a bit of new habitat turns up, they'll find it. You turn over the uh, corner of your garden... If the soil's right, the ants will move straight in. Mm. So do the wings, once they've mated then and they've moved, do the wings kind of fall off? They do. So in a week's time, you'll probably see quite a lot of really big black ants running around at ground level. Right. No wings, but they're about four times the size of your normal worker wow. ants. That's incredible, isn't it? That is amazing. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. So if you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show 10 to 1, Monday to Friday on Talk Radio, via DAB, online or via the Talk Radio app. If you have an opinion on the stories we cover, we'd love to hear from you. Call us 0344 499 1000 or tweet at Talk Radio during the show to have your say. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. 
Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes, while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide.